Right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 8. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 15 and 16. The title of the message tonight is Wisdom Rules. Wisdom Rules. Wisdom has been giving us a lot of information about itself recently. And our verses tonight is going to tell us even more. Tonight, wisdom tells us about its involvement among the powers that be. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, and I believe if we read that first, it will give us some good insight as we get into the book of Romans. I'm sorry, the book of Proverbs in these, in these verses tonight. Romans 13, verse 1 says... Thank you, Brother Rick, for squeezing it in for me. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. I want to repeat that last part of that verse again. This is very important. The powers that be are ordained of God. God ordained every political leader. Even the bad ones, Brother Richard? Yes, even the bad ones. You know, the Bible says that, in fact, God says in the Bible that He raised Pharaoh up to the position of being king. That same Pharaoh who wouldn't let God's people go, God put him on the throne. See, God doesn't always ordain leaders for a nation's success. Sometimes He ordains them for a nation's fall. Or for whatever uh, plan he, he wants to accomplish for that nation or the surrounding nations, He'll raise leaders up to accomplish His plans according to the people's hearts who happen to live during the times when those leaders rule. And he does all of this by his great wisdom. Wisdom says of itself tonight, look now in Proverbs 8.15, By me, kings reign. The king is just a man. And no man can rise to power over the kingdoms of the world except God raise him up. Daniel chapter 2 if you're taking notes, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21 says, He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. So who removes kings? God does. Who sets kings up? God does. If you happen to have a wise king, who gave that king the wisdom? God did. It's God who puts kings on the throne. It's God who takes them down. Not because some ruler was more powerful than the other, but because God caused that to happen. And if a particular ruler or king is very wise, then it is God who gave that wisdom to them. By me, wisdom says, kings reign. Now, I want you to notice what wisdom did not say. Wisdom did not say, by me, all kings are wise. That would be a tough scripture to swallow, wouldn't it? 
because we all know that there have been a whole lot of foolish leaders in this world uh, from ancient times up to the very time we live in today. No, wisdom simply said, by me, kings reign. What does that mean? It means if it were not for the wisdom of God, we would not have the government of men. Repeat that again. If it were not for the wisdom of God, we would not have the government of men. By God's wisdom, kings, presidents, prime ministers, whatever you want to call them, they reign on the earth. By God's wisdom, He established rulers here on earth to maintain some form of human government. I tell you what, there would be all kinds of, uh, uh, of problems if we didn't have human government. And I don't care where you go in this world, there will be some form of, of human government, some way to correct evil doers and, and to reward uh, good citizens, good obedient citizens. And this human government was established by the wisdom of God. If it were not for the fear of being prosecuted uh, for murder, going to prison, and losing your career, and kissing your loved ones goodbye for the fear of being prosecuted for some crime that you would commit, there would be far more killings in this world. There would be far more rapes in this world and thefts in this world if it were not for the fear of having to answer to the human government. Let me give you a good example. One I heard today, and it wasn't even going to be in my notes. Today a man was telling me about how he got shot when he was younger. And he said, the only thing, because the man that shot him, he went to prison, then he got out. He said, the only thing that keeps that man alive is the, is, is the fact that the government can trace me looking up where he lives. And I know they could catch me. And I believe that man, as serious as he could be, he was letting me know, if I knew that I could go kill him, and nobody would get me. No one would catch me. I'd go kill him for shooting me. If it were not for the wisdom of God, who established governments in this world, our societies would be in a state of chaos. Y'all ever seen it after a hurricane in a lot of places? And, and the government, I mean, the, the, the law enforcement shut down? Brother Shepherd and I, I'm, I'm sure Brother Shepherd did on many occasions as I did, when, when a, a, a hurricane or, or some natural disaster would strike, we'd get sent out to that location because the, the police department would be in chaos. I mean, they would be spread thin, and uh, uh, they had to have law and order. If not, you'd see what the flesh will do. I'll take that. Thank you very much. I'll do what I want to. Who's going to stop me? We've seen that kind of chaos. Not all leaders reign wisely, but by God's wisdom, they all reign. Did God put Joe Biden in the White House? He's not wise. Yes, he did. He absolutely put him in the White House. He ordained that power. 
He didn't put him in the White House because he supports his policies. God does not support his policies because they're contrary to God's Word. He put him in the White House, I believe, to allow the United States more room to fail. By God's wisdom, kings reign, and sometimes their purpose is to give the people a leader after their own foolish heart so they can allow those people to freely walk in the errors that will cause them to fail. The Bible in the book of Ecclesiastes speaks of men whose hearts get hardened because there's not swift judgment that comes upon them. And you think, well, then how come God waits so long to punish people? How come God waits years before He punishes a nation sometimes in the Old Testament? Why didn't He punish them swiftly so that people would behave better? Because God is not about manipulating behavior. He's about giving His Word and giving a person the opportunity to choose whether to obey or disobey. And then ultimately He will correct and punish that behavior. But you can take, you can take any creature and when they do something, zap them, zap them, zap them. And you have them completely behaving themselves on the outside. But as soon as that zapper's gone, you'll see just how disobedient they still are on the inside. And God's not about zapping people into uh, behave, behavioral um, uh, uh, manipulation. He is about giving His inspired Word and letting the chips fall where they may when men choose to obey or disobey. By God's wisdom, kings reign. Now, look what else he says. And princes decree judgment. Underscore in your, in your Bible the word decree. Decree. This is talking about legislators, lawmakers. And you know there's a difference between the two. The legislators decree justice. That Hebrew word translated decree here has the idea of writing we're enacting laws. They're legislators. They legislate. They write laws, just like ours do today. Our lawmakers write laws by the wisdom of God. Every society has laws. Why? Because God's wisdom ordained it so in the earth. Laws allow a nation to govern its people fairly, if they'll be justly applied. If I know it's wrong for me to do A, then I can not do A, and I can have the confidence of knowing as long as I don't do A, I do B, that I can live peaceably among my, my peers. That's the way laws are supposed to work. Any, any man can corrupt them, but that's the way they're supposed to work. And generally speaking, that's the way they do work. But when we have laws, the people know what's expected out of them by society. And the same laws generally apply to everyone. They're supposed to anyway. At least that's what the law says, right? <laughs> Could you imagine having a ruler without having any laws? How many of y'all have ever played? Oh, I know I'm going to see the hands. I know I am. How many of y'all have ever played a board game with someone that changes the rules as they go? Hands everywhere. That's a little snippet of what it was like if that board game were the world and they would be king or queen. 
Oh, this isn't helping me now. I'm going to change it. Remember how Jacob's father-in-law did him? We'll give you all the spotted cows. Oh, no, there's too many of those. So we're going to change the rules, you know. But that's why God gives us not just rulers, but princes that decree justice. He gives us lawmakers. So that, and, and sometimes in the Bible, you'll even see the kings checked by their own laws or by the laws of those written before them on occasion. But thank God, we don't just have rulers, we also have laws. Uh, I, I don't want a president without having a legislation uh, or uh, legislators to write the laws for us to go by. I don't want that. I thank God everyone's held in check. Just imagine what it would be like to drive to work each morning without any traffic laws. Could you imagine that? Boy, that would be chaotic. It would truly be the survival of the fittest on the highway. But God knows that we were created to live under a system of laws. From, of all the trees of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge, but the tree which is in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat of it neither. Uh, now, that, that was Eve. I'm starting to quote her, quoting God to the devil. But, but of all the trees thou mayest freely eat, but the tree which is in the midst of the garden, thou shalt... I'm blending them in again. Anyway, don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What was that? That was a law. That was a law. So God created us to live under a system of laws. He gave the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, to Moses from Mount Sinai. Laws. So everyone knows what to expect and everyone knows what to do. Laws not only give order in society, but they also empower the citizens by giving them rights that they can exercise. I thank God that legislators who were ordained by God's wisdom gave us things like the Fourth Amendment rights, which protect us from unreasonable searches and seizures. Our Second Amendment rights, which allow us to keep arms our First Amendment rights, which allow me to get up here and preach to you under the protection of the federal government. Laws. Thank God for legislators. Because God knew the depth of our corruption, He knew the need for legislation. That's simple. By His wisdom, lawmakers decree justice. And not only that, but wisdom says, look now in verse 16, By me, princes rule. By me, princes rule. Now, princes are subordinate rulers in our society. You have kings, then you have these legislators, and now you have these princes that are under the kings. They're subordinate rulers who rule under the higher authorities, such as governors and county judges and things like that. So you'd have, in our country, for example, you would have the president... You would have your legislative branches. You would have your governors under them, your county judges and your mayors and things like that. Moses was like a king to the people of Israel, was he not? He was the authority in, uh, in the flesh. And, uh, and so here he was and acting as a king to these people. Standing in the 
the place of God enacting and enforcing God's laws. But Moses found out just how quickly a man can burn out. His father-in-law was with him uh, for a time in the desert, and he watched Moses. From early in the morning all the way till the end of the day, Moses is standing there, and there's a big, long line. Man, you, th- you think it's bad going to the DMV, getting your driver's license, or DPS here in Texas, but those watching, most everywhere else is DMV. And getting your driver's license, you think that's a long wait. If you had a problem to have solved, and you're standing in line waiting to Moses, you may be waiting all day long to go see the judge. It wasn't fair to Moses, and you know what? It wasn't fair to the people either. They shouldn't have to wait that long. They've got stuff to do. And he was burning out. And one day his father-in-law saw Moses getting burned out by listening to everyone like that who came to him with all their troubles and their disputes with their neighbors. And he, he wisely told Moses to ordain smaller judges under him. Smaller leaders to judge the smaller matters. And that would allow Moses to, to just have to handle the the bigger matters. Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. I was thinking tonight on the way to church how God gives us wisdom by learning about wisdom. It gives us itself by telling us about itself. In Exodus 18, chapter 18, verses 13 through 26, the Bible says, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, just like a judge would. And I do make them know the statutes of God. In other words, well, here's what, the, here's what God said in His law, and here's how we'll apply it in this matter. I rule in your favor, or whatever. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away, both thou and this people that is with thee. In other words, you're going to burn yourself out, And the people are going to burn themselves out too, having to stand in line all day to wait to talk to you and get judgment. He says, For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel. And God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, in the work that they must do. In other words, don't keep all the knowledge just to yourself. You train other people how they can go out and apply the law as well. He says, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of ten. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee. But every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. 
If thou shalt do this thing, listen carefully, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, you'll be able to last, you won't burn out. And all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. I've heard preachers talk about how Moses should have never listened to his father-in-law. Well, those preachers (laughs) didn't read that passage very well. It was very wise counsel. And Moses' father-in-law said, if God command thee. In other words, if, 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 this, if you take my counsel, and if God tells you this is what you should do, then it will go well with you. If God says, no, don't listen to your father-in-law, that's fine. But he said, if God command thee so. But the advice Moses' father-in-law gave him was wise. And when we look here in the book of Proverbs chapter 8, we see that's exactly how God has ordained His leadership to be on earth. He ordains kings. He ordains the legislators that decree justice or write the laws. He ordains princes that rule under them. You see how this this matches right up with the book of Proverbs? And it also mirrors our legal system. Look, what, what we see here in Proverbs, what we saw way back there in Exodus... Our society works the same way today. Why? It's the same God who ordained the same manner of wisdom. We, we have the Supreme Court. Beneath them we have appellate courts. Beneath them we have appellate courts. Finally we get down to district courts. And then we have magistrates. And we have even lower judges than that. That's just the federal system I was quoting all the way down to magistrate judges. You get over the state side, you have even lower judges than that. And, and, and leaders over tens, maybe ten families or something. You have a leader over ten families. Basically, what it was, you had access to a quick remedy if you had a problem. And they could always appeal it on up or something and, and get some help from the higher judges. So don't despise your princes. Don't despise the lower judges, the lower rulers, because they also are ordained of God. All the way down to the rulers of ten were ordained of God in the wilderness. Don't despise your small town mayors. Don't despise the chief of police over nothing in a one-horse town. Don't despise the little uh, justice of the peace or the small city council because by God's wisdom, their ranks have been established. And nobles, look back in your text, nobles. The Hebrew word translated nobles here means voluntary. Don't despise people who, who volunteer for service or who are not full-time leaders. I remember when I was growing up how people used to make fun of the local National Guard. They'd call them weekend warriors. They'd mock and laugh at them when we, they saw them drive by. I started laughing too because I was younger and I heard the grown-ups laugh, so I would laugh too when they drove by. 
I'll learn later if a disaster happened, you'll be awful glad to see those weekend warriors come out. They're the ones that hand out your food and water to you. They're the ones that patrol the streets and make sure you're safe. Don't despise the people who volunteer on small scales at, a, at an election office or, or, uh, or some other form of smaller governing. Because that's what this word means, noble, someone who volunteers. doesn't necessarily mean they don't get paid for it, but it's someone who has a willing heart who's out here trying to help. Someone like them, people who need to step up to the plate and keep the wheels of our nation, our cities, and our neighborhoods turning. Don't despise the neighborhood watch captain. Be grateful for that form of government. By God's wisdom, they rule in their small capacities that all things might be done decently and in order. Yes, they rule by God's wisdom. Look now at the end of your text. Even all the judges of the earth, even the small town judge that you have to take your speeding ticket to. There was a justice of the peace in the small town of Alto, Texas. You ever been to Alto? Back during the bootlegging days, the local Alto police officer got in a shootout with some bootleggers. And you can still, I don't think they've knocked that building down yet. You can still go to that building and see the bullet holes in the wall of that building in Alto. You'll find one of the old locals and they'll show it to you. But there was a justice of the peace there, Dalford Stewart, when I first got on the highway patrol. He had no secretary. I walked into his office the first time I met him. It was an old, old ratty looking building and he had a trash can out to catch the water dripping because of the rain just an old man sitting in there in his ratty little building no pomp and ceremony no the county didn't provide for him very well and but he was the local jp but i tell you what that old man knew how to judge and he kept the people in check in the smallest legal matters in the precinct God gave him. I remember a truck driver calling him one time about a speeding ticket he wanted out of. And uh, I believe he was trying to get out of it. I don't remember the story completely, but I remember what he told him, what he told the truck driver. The truck driver said, yeah, that highway patrolman got me coming down that hill. You know, like, if it wasn't for that hill, you know, I'd been speeding. And that old judge said, the speed limit is 55 when you're going up the hill, when you're going over the hill, and when you're coming down the hill. After that, he won't know how he'd plea. That's all he cared about. Just taking the law and the small matters that God's given him, whether it's evicting someone out of a house or dealing with a speeding ticket, and being faithful in his cause. And, and that, that small town judge was keeping order and the judgment of those smaller matters like that was given to us by the wisdom of God. I tell you what, I had some renters in a rent house of mine one time when I was in my 20s. I sold my, I, I decided when I, I left town to go to work for the state, I decided I was going to keep my house in Athens. I was going to try to rent it out for extra income. But I haven't paid it off yet. I was young, you know. 
I didn't, I didn't pay that house off yet. And uh, I had some older, decent, clean-looking people move in. They took good care of the house. I mean, the house looked better when they lived in than when I did. The only problem was they wouldn't pay. <laughs> well, now I'm making two payments every month, and I couldn't afford it. And I went to that JP, small claims court. You know, if it wasn't for the judgment of that JP and the, the, the people dealing with those smaller matters, this old boy would have never got his money. And that money meant a lot to me back then. Like the widow who had to keep going to the judge in the parable that Jesus gave. And so I thank God for that God ordained judgment in these smaller matters because they've relieved a lot of oppressed people. They've saved many lives. They've resolved many small disputes between neighbors. By God's wisdom, He's given us rulers over thousands, rulers over hundreds, rulers over tens, and rulers over the tens of thousands. And we thank God for that wisdom. Never despise it because the powers that be are ordained of God. And one day, when all this is said and done, the corrupt people who occupy the God-ordained powers will bow the knee and will have one king and his word will prevail throughout all the land in all of our hearts and we'll live in peace and safety forever. Father, we thank you for your great wisdom. Wisdom, Lord, that, that takes what would be an absolute chaotic antediluvian situation where like the people before the flood who were killing and, and, and pillaging and all the things that they were doing. You've taken what would have been that and by your wisdom you've established order. And Father, we're grateful. Help us to never despise it. But Lord, to yield to it knowing that as we do we're yielding to you. And we continue to do so until the order of this world contradicts the Word of God. And then we obey God rather than man. We thank you so much for your great wisdom and grace. And be with these people throughout the week and as they return to their homes. In Jesus' precious name.